welcome to the Limited Bandwidth Podcast. We are your hosts, Leo and David, otherwise known as the folk duo, The Last Inklings. Social media is here to stay whether we like it or not, and it's become an essential part of an artist's toolkit for connecting with our audiences. We're on a journey to discover how we can make it work for us, whilst making sure that we keep space to be creative at the same time. And we've, in theory, reached the end of that journey. Um, from our, our very first steps with our guest artists to our specialists who helped us dig deeper into uh, psychology, mental health and marketing tools, quite importantly, uh, we finished our research with an audience panel uh, to give a view from the other side of the stage in this case. <laughs> yeah, our, our goal was, was, uh, was to explore the ways to improve our relationship with social media and technology as artists who regularly use these platforms for our work, but also our entertainment as well. Yeah. Um, so with that much information to digest, uh, we wanted to share with you our key takeaways from the Limited Bandwidth series. I think I'm going to throw a question at you, actually, uh, yeah? as we start this off. So before we'd even gotten into research and production, where were you with your social media kind of views, use, opinions on and all the rest? I guess you kind of have to answer this question as like a holistic yeah. viewpoint of, of everything you do in your day-to-day -day life. So um, with with my, my day job, um, I spend a lot of time in front of a screen. Mm. So when I, I clock off at the end of the day, I don't really want to be looking at another screen valid, again. Valid, yeah. So I, I guess from that point of view, uh, I'm a little bit pessimistic about spending too much time on social media or at least I feel like my natural gravitation is to to limit the amount of time that I spend on it. See I don't think I'd be too far off that when we first started this I would have oh I don't know how fair it is to say that digital burnout was actually something that I was suffering from but <laughs> I, I feel like we were very it, very close to it. That's the thing it comes and goes yeah it's um it's very much dependent on everything else that that goes on isn't it? But the context of that period of time uh, when we were first thinking about pulling this project together, it was mm. very, very different. We'd barely crept out from underneath the last of the lockdown restrictions. Yeah. Because yeah. that was only just easing up. Uh, and actually, as an artist, normally we've got the support of a promoter who knows absolutely what they're doing. And <laughs> <clears throat> that makes, you know, they're promoting the shows that we're playing. Yeah. And it was a completely different landscape as we came out of lockdown and I think promoters were figuring out how to cope with this kind of shift to digital as well so that was definitely playing a big part in how much of the workload had come over to us like mm. definitely leading me to obsess slightly about the social media stuff yeah well that that is that is probably one of the reasons why we decided to do the podcast in itself is yeah. that there seemed to be a consensus amongst uh amongst the people that we were talking to that Everybody was having to learn these skills quite quickly. Yes. Um, in order to make up for that shortfall um, in in promotion and ticket sales and having to pull a lot of that stuff on board and and do it yourself in order to sustain uh, being a musician. Yeah, and to say it's alien, uh, I think that might be a bit of an understatement. <laughs> I mean, we spend our time playing yeah. scales and writing well, it's, pretty it's, chords and it's things. It's daunting, so. isn't it? it is. to... Well, that's, yeah, actually, that's true. It was very daunting to figure out how to achieve this thing. Yeah, but as, as we went through it and talked to other musicians and did a bit of um, pre-production with the, the experts, um, it, it did have quite a positive effect. It, it was less and less daunting. Yeah, I feel we learned a lot very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Just in the in the pre-production elements, I think. 
it was it was very encouraging to learn that doing a few things quite well makes a massive difference yeah we definitely like misha put us onto this idea uh, he was our marketing expert misha weston uh, green who came came to have a chat on the podcast and he was saying you don't have to be on every platform, but be on as many as you feel you can handle hmm. and, and do them well. So, I mean, in his case, he's got lots of band members who can reach out and do lots of different things. So you can have different people drive different aspects of your social media. But he said, yeah. if you can manage three, do three well. If you can manage four, <laughs> think about doing four. But if three is where you can manage, do it. And he cautioned, you can't reel back to just one, unfortunately, because we were thinking carefully about <laughs> demographic, about maintaining a, uh, the audience we have and growing a new audience, which are two slightly different strands, but they do play into each other. But yeah, he said there's, you know, there are limits, yes, but but try and find a comfortable one for you in that sense. That was important. Yeah, and also reconciling uh, things like using paid advertising. Um, a, a little goes a long way. Yeah. And it takes a lot of pressure off um, if if you are open to, to doing that, depending what what sort of level you're at with with your your music career, um, yeah, a, a little marketing budget can can do wonders and relieve other areas, uh, so you can you can concentrate on the music. Absolutely, I think we discovered um, a bit of paid advertising, especially for us. We seem to have done really well across Facebook and Instagram, where it seems that like a lot of our audience are in those places. So fantastic. A bit of paid advertising there, supported by a little bit of the organic stuff. So when we're personally using some targeted groups to tell people, we're, you know, we're coming to your area, come and do something fun with us, come and come along to a gig. That works so much better as a hybrid thing than punishing ourselves with like <laughs> hours of group posting. And we've done both, so we have tested that. <laughs> <laughs> or just spending all of your time on Twitter. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yes. Do we, do we even mention Twitter at this point? <laughs> yeah, see, well, this is another thing we've been discussing through the course of the podcast, how much things have changed since we even started recording it. Yeah. And this is just the nature of social media. Things are in flux. Different people come to the fore. Like, we all know TikTok's doing really well. That took over from Facebook in some ways. Mm. Um, but, it, it happened really quickly, actually, yeah. that, that transition with Twitter, didn't it? And yeah, it's, and it's, it's quite and shocking. It, and it's still happening. Yeah, the fallout is still there. <laughs> But even if you step beyond just the social platforms, we came out of post-restriction land mm. and we've gone into cost of living crisis. Yes. Uh, there's so much still happening. Like all these changes are still happening around us. But the thing that is constant, maybe not the platform itself, but the presence of digital marketing and social media and its importance in us reaching our audience, like we can't escape that at this point. No, it seems like the, the stands are still shifting beneath our feet doesn't it <laughs> yes a little bit what specific practice uh have you adopted changed or just decided is absolutely a good idea from something we did previously based on the people we've met and spoken to so far because i think i've got a handful of things i've taken away yeah well well one big thing has just been like a i guess a mindset change hmm. um in how to create content so previous to to all the research and, and things we did for, for this series um my thought was that, oh, okay, um, in order to to post a lot on social media and gain some traction and momentum, uh, we would need to put a lot of time and effort into creating lots of short-form content, little video clips and all of this. Um, but the fact that you can sort of build that into a project that you're doing, um, and, it, and it's not, the mindset is not that it's an additional piece of work, it's that you can benefit you can 
kind of cross-pollinate the things that you're already doing. Yeah, This ties in a little bit with our very first guest, Chris Cleverly, Mm. uh, was talking about being creative, well, using it as an excuse to be creative. So a Facebook post isn't a chore if you're using it as a way of connecting people with your creative voice. And, I mean, kind of touching on what you've said, Misha was talking about how one big piece of content mm-hmm. could be broken up into so many things. Yeah. So one YouTube video yeah. can become fragments of things that become a little trailer for the YouTube video itself. And then if you've interviewed someone, the quotes from that become another form of content. <laughs> so yeah, it's sort of like- It's multi-purpose content. Yeah, and being clever with it. Yeah. Like you don't have to make everything just because it's good for social media. In theory, as creatives, we should just be endlessly creating things and some <laughs> of them might be appropriate for social media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was that was a big- I could feel the the cog shifting in my head mm. to you know the, that perspective change. It, well, it is when you go, oh my god, I'm doing it anyway already. Yeah. So why yeah. why make it feel like hard work? <laughs> like, How about you? I'm going to throw that one back at you. Are there any sort of habits that you've picked up or ooh. or changed or or uh, gotten rid of? I think with like screen time or screen time is definitely one I've tried to shift away from and having. Try to be disciplined with, mm. uh, this is really based on that meeting with Nicola, yeah. Nicola Neath in, um, in a previous episode. If it's work time, it's work time. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm not letting myself accidentally notice that messenger message from a friend and like, <laughs> okay. respond to that, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's helped. It's made me much more efficient, mm. which actually means I need to spend less time working, which is ideal. Perfect. Yeah. And that feeds back into organization. And mm-hmm. even going back to episode one again with Chris, when he was talking about you know, get a timetable together yeah. so that you're not panic posting to yeah. keep up with your social content. Uh, that's a really big thing, having a, having a schedule. Like everyone yeah. spoke to us about and this also, really. You, you know where you are with things. Yeah. Like you know if you're, if you're running behind uh, schedule or, you know, on, on the flip side of that, you know if you're ahead Which is and lovely. you can yeah. relax and, exactly you, and you feel good about it. But mm-hmm. if you don't know where you are, it, it's always this, it's kind of like a perpetual state of, of uh, indecision, isn't it? Yeah, it's never put to rest in your head. Yeah. You, you, and you can't, like you say, you can't give yourself a little pat on the back and say, we're <laughs> absolutely where we need to be with this. Yeah, and that feeling of ticking something off a list as well. <laughs> I think both of us have spoken about this this other thing being quite important, which was the idea that you can take a break from it for an extended period of time as, as an artist posting. Mm. If you're outside of a, a kind of... Uh, release period maybe or a tour period which probably the two most important things to someone like us yeah like um, self-employed musicians on that front yeah if you're outside of that you can take the foot off the gas Mm. and uh, in chris's case he's actually taken times where he's just deleted like twitter for example off of his phone (laughs) for a couple of months because in that writing period which is a more creative thing that's maybe about us you don't have to be online all the time and actually this was the one that's a kind of bit like falls on two sides you can disappear, no one's going to notice, that, which is positive for us, but also it kind of speaks to just the saturation of social media with other stuff as mm, well. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a really common thing to to feel like you always need to be on. Yeah. Um, not, not on the platform, but, you know, you, you always need to be posting consistently. Oh, self-employed panic. And, like, yeah. if I disappear and I'm disconnected for too long, what will I miss? Yeah, and I, I think that extends all the way through, you know, to professional musicians yeah. at the top of their game as well. And audience um, members, as we discovered, that kind of fear mm. of missing out was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And you can pick up quite easily where you left off Yeah, um, with something new, you know. Absolutely. Out of all of that, yeah, being really organised, 
using digital tools properly, taking time to reflect, look at your analytics, because maybe there's something you're doing that you could go, oh, you know, I don't need to do that. I could put a bit more effort into something that's actually paying me back some reward. Great. And, and Misha was fantastic talking us through some of that. But I think um, one of the things, again, taking a step back, li- thinking of every episode together, demographic. Mm. Who is the audience? Who's our current audience? Are we maintaining that audience? And if we want to grow, where are we going? And thinking really carefully about that, that's definitely a big change in the way I'm I'm thinking about our social media use. Yeah, I mean, the, those have always been uh, elements that an artist or, or, or a record label has, has got to think about. Mm, yeah. Um, like, who, who is your audience? How are you going to grow it? Um, how are you going to maintain your existing audience and, and keep everybody happy? Um, it's just... In, in this age of social media, uh, the platforms kind of, they might fall into different categories for different people. Um, so, for example, a lot of our existing audiences on Facebook. Yeah. Because uh, we've kind of grown up with it. It's, it's kind of naturally evolved that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we find that maybe Instagram is a really good place for finding new, new people um, because it, it works slightly differently. You get different hashtags, different search algorithms, that sort of thing. So... Yeah, it's it, a slightly it, different ecosystem. Yeah, it makes sense to use that platform to to try and generate new followers um, rather than concentrating on Facebook for new followers when you, yes. you know that you know, you've already got a following there. And talking to the audience panel, it was really interesting to hear that actually the way we see metrics on Facebook, so, you know, so many billions of people have seen your post, but only mm. two have actually interacted and <laughs> liked it they corroborated that kind of saying yeah we're using facebook just to check on things we're almost looking at it like a news service but not interacting with it so we're checking on your stuff there (laughs) but we might not actually have a chat with you on that platform but for us that's still sort of it's saying it's still worth using it it's still worth being there yeah definitely they they just have slightly different purposes yeah um if you if you think about them in that way i also think it's it's a really healthy sort of time of the year to reflect on and what your goals are mm-hmm. and how to achieve them. And and social media is just a tool in in finding out how to best achieve them. So you can put a plan together. Yep. You can, uh, you know, pencil in what your goals are um, and what metrics you're going to use to measure that as well. And I think don't limit yourself uh, mm. to what you think might absolutely be the right thing do some research because our audience panel demonstrated to us uh, places like reddit and youtube and uh, spotify playlists are still really important places for discovering new music and putting yourself in front of people but they wouldn't be the traditional social media that we'd associate with with sales marketing awareness but they work uh, i think youtube's quite powerful for musicians in a way that maybe we neglect sometimes yeah definitely um i I, I can see those patterns within my own sort of behavior. Yeah, yeah. Um, spending a lot of time on, on YouTube, listening to music that I enjoy and, and the visual element that it gives you as well. Yes. So that's kind of maybe replaced the whole vinyl thing. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe it's in, in addition to that. It is a multimedia experience. It is, it? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, you kind of get, if you look at the comments or look at the description in there, they're, they're kind of parallels to the liner notes that you'd get in a in a vinyl this package is true. yeah so it's yeah th- that side of it appeals to me personally more than spotify for example which is just just the audio file and a little thumbnail <laughs> i think as well as we kind of begin to round all of this up 
and certainly this is the end of the series, but mm. it's definitely valid to say that social media, it's not the be all and end all. And you shouldn't overlook other possibilities. Like we know one of our audience members, uh, Rog, was talking about print media and it's still a really yeah. powerful thing. And they're yeah. being out in the real world, well, word of mouth, having people talk about your music is a really powerful thing. Radio play, which is you know slightly different again to social media. But I don't think you can say otherwise that it's, well, it's a big part of the, the strategy for now. It's required. And, and making peace with your use of social media and seeing it as a really powerful tool if you use it the right way. Like, yeah, it's got to be in your toolkit. There's, there's no getting away from it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a necessary tool today, um, particularly if you're a, a performer who needs to, to sell tickets for a living. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's probably a bit more nuanced if you're a, a session musician or a, a classical ensemble player. Well, yeah, John Parker brought to us some of the reasons, like, yeah. as a session musician, it was a really weird tool to use. <laughs> He wants people to be aware that he's out there and still he's a, a working musician. Tool, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are some strange things that come with it, yeah. But then it still comes down to to knowing who do you, who your audience is, yeah. um, where to find new fans yeah. uh, and, and where to find new music as well. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a big part of the inspiration. Um, and then how to how to streamload, stream, streamline your workload. There are loads of little hints and tips for that. So we found listing sites for for gigs for example i don't think it's you can't just be on one at this point because your audience will be in various places some of them have just used one of them for so long that they're not going to move to a new one Mm. but be savvy (laughs) we've noticed that one of the listing sites will produce a csv file once you've put all your gigs in for everyone to look at and two of the other sites we use accept csv files to upload your gigs to tell people so you can make your work processes much more straightforward yeah definitely little things like that go a long way yeah definitely so yeah i I think it's fair to say that our uh our approaches to social media have kind of evolved as we've we've gone through this podcast haven't they i I feel much more positive about it for for a little while it felt like it was beating me down but actually i can see that used i say used properly used in a way that we're happy with yeah there's a lot we can do with it yeah because it's different for everyone everyone's uh got different goals they've Mm. got a different team behind them. Yep. Um, and and their you know their music is fundamentally different. So their their fan bases are slightly different. And, and and it's valid to say you might want to outsource some of that to a different part of your team or a third party, third company. Um, but it's still something that you should be considering how you're going to address it, the social media side of things. Yeah. So uh, that that concludes the uh, the limited bandwidth podcast. So all episodes will be available to listen to on on the best podcast platforms. The very best. Um, and also via our YouTube channel. We'll be actually putting the research into practice uh, this year as the last inklings, <laughs> as we look ahead to our touring. Uh, we've got a spring tour coming up uh, and obviously beyond. So keep up with us. I say this non-ironically, uh, unironically, on your preferred platforms. Uh, sign up to our mailing list, stay in touch, drop into our website. Yeah, and, and the details of our shows uh, and social links can all be found through our website at thelastinklings.co.uk. We should say again, if you've been affected by any of the topics covered within the scope of the podcast, the whole series, you can find support through Help Musicians and their website is helpmusicians.org.uk forward slash contact. Yeah, so it just leaves us to say thank you very much for, for coming on this journey with us. <laughs> The podcast was hosted, recorded and engineered by me, Leo, and my colleague, David, with music by us as The Last Inklings.